Welcome back, guys. Episode 53 here of the Flag Hunting Podcast. We're going to be doing NASCAR here first uh, for us this week as uh, obviously on the golf side of things, we have a little bit of different events. So we'll be kind of waiting till later tonight to talk about that. But we do have the intro into round two of the NASCAR Chase of the Cup slash playoffs here uh, with Bristol finishing up last week. Four of the 16 drivers are eliminated. Now we're down to 12 in the playoff grid. Uh, and we go to Texas this week. So um, first things first, I guess, let's, let's kind of recap Bristol because it was a kind of a, a fitting kind of crazy end to round one, considering uh, how many curveballs we've been throwing these last three weeks. Uh, but Chris, how you doing today, man? How'd you enjoy that race on Sunday night? Uh, yeah, it was, I'm good. Uh, first off, um, the race was, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think to me, it was almost kind of a shit show. <laughs> I don't know if others feel that way or not. Um, I think that a lot of bets that seem like sure bets kind of went up in smoke real quick between the tire issues and um, pit road. <laughs> yeah, pit road, just all that kind of stuff. And then yeah. uh, there was just a lot of, you know, then the, the final pit stop there, you know, like I feel like the guys that we, we knew were going to have good days or sorry, that were having good days, like yeah. all of a sudden that came down to that last pit road battle and it meant kind of nothing because the guys that chose to in Christopher Busher's case the guys that you know took to the two-tire strategy since there was no tire fall off end up prevailing like to me it was it was crazy that the fact that well, two things I guess is why did no other crew chief gamble like that to either take two tires or just stay out in general tires. yeah <laughs> if they knew that if they knew there was no fall off yeah and then um you know, similarly, like, why wasn't that being tracked like all race or tested all race to say like, all right, if we get down to this last stage or, you know, like a shootout, you know, here's what we're going to do. So uh, it just seemed, it seemed weird to me to like that, the fact that, you know, Christopher Wisher came out first with two tires and we're sitting there with Chase Elliott with four tires right behind him. I'm like, oh, this is, this is going yeah. to this, this be great. He's going to. I was worried about Larson and Bell and then behind him. I wasn't worried about fucking Busher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, overall, the card kind of sucked, to be honest with you, because there was yeah. just a lot of uncertainty in the race. Um, on top of that, you know, fan favorite Tyler Reddick got knocked out, so you don't love to see that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm a little underwhelmed and, in a sense, almost kind of glad that I didn't end up going to <laughs> Bristol because yeah. I had a hell of a lot more fun in Boone for for game day. <laughs> so Yeah, they um, almost almost a disaster as well, by the way. But we'll, maybe that's, a, that's something for another podcast, but uh yeah i i'll be honest chris you were at the game i turned the game off after we didn't make it on fourth down yeah um i found out on i was watching like a i think penn state auburn and they showed like crazy scenes here from boone i was like wait what <laughs> yeah I was, uh, you're not the only one i mean just from someone who's actually in the stadium there was a lot of people that that were leaving yeah. like there was a there was a pretty big crowd of people just like exiting the stadium and then all of a sudden you saw people like running back to the gate to try to get back in because they they heard the roar of what just happened but yeah that was this is not and obviously this is not an app state podcast but um yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah that was that wasn't a game that was quite the day i mean just from start to finish the game day in boone was electric um the game was was not um but for 59 minutes and uh, 57 seconds, it was pretty unelectric, but I think those last three seconds were worth the wait. Yeah, no, exactly. So, 
All right, let's let's kind of shift gears here. But yeah, I, I totally echo kind of what you said about Bristol and what we, we've been talking about for the last three or so weeks or so, just with these playoff cars, man, they just can't help it. Like, I don't know what is going on. Like, I've never seen like a more frail top end of the NASCAR grid. Like every one of these teams has warts. And that's, I mean, take no credit away from Busher and, and Bubba and Eric. They've all driven their asses off to kind of to find victory lane the way they did. But I mean, you look at this last, last round of pit stops was ridiculous. Not only with the decision-making that you alluded to, the fact that literally, I mean, guys like Keselowski were just lapping the field with old tires for all of like the first half of the race. Uh, Chris Bell stayed out, I think, a couple of times and, and kind of just kept his track position and never lost the lead. Um, so the fact that, like you said, no one elected to either even stay out or even like consider two tires is kind of weird to me, especially a lot of those guys, I guess – I guess not many of those guys at the top were in must wins. Harvick is the one that really surprised me. And obviously he had his own troubles down pit road, but uh, yeah, man, so many frailties. Like I came out of this race just confused. I really don't know who the favorite is like at all. Um, And, you know, hopefully these teams um, have learned something from these last three weeks because it's been, it's been a pillow fight at the top. Like it's, it's not really been like a, um, a great advert for, you know, this championship, uh, championship what, race, race to the cup, um, that we have here this fall. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also the, I think I heard somewhere that's the, the first time in this playoff history that we haven't had a playoff race or a win in the first three races of the yeah. chase of the playoffs. So, yeah, I listed off what like three or four stats, like when Darlington first happened. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can just go and cross off like half the field here. Like, the playoff drivers win playoff events. It's very yeah. simple. Golf. Well, and, and historically, you've been right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think what we saw, I guess, to kind of overarch this thought of, of Bristol and I guess the playoffs in a whole, I guess really it's this car at short tracks is very underwhelming. Um, I think you've, you've heard uh, Kevin Harvick kind of sound off about it. Um, earlier in the in the year, we had Logan Doherty on, and he kind of talked about the same thing about how like if we want this car to be successful at short tracks, we just need to have a thousand horsepower. Like they need to have the horsepower to be able to um, to really maneuver through the turns because right now they're they're, they're carrying so much speed through the turns mm-hmm. that they aren't able to pass. Where if you bring a thousand horsepower, um, it'll be more time kind of like off throttle a little bit, a little bit slower to the turns and, and give the ability for people to be, have that off throttle time to, gotcha. to really be able to make moves. So um, I hope that in the off season, they've got a plan to, uh, to get this figured out because it feels weird that a year ago we were like, we want more short tracks, get rid of the intermediates. Yeah. And now it's like, bring all the intermediates back. <laughs> like, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> actually, here's an idea for you, Chris. How about two Bristol dirt races? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought that we'd be saying that uh, a few months ago? Um, but yeah, obviously, I, I, we're not the only ones that are befuddled by this, just based on what I've seen on Twitter. Like, there was a lot of people having some uh, some down weeks. Hopefully, I mean, a few big winners. I know our boy uh, Speedway Steve hit a nice one fifty to one on Busher, which is uh, which is fucking awesome for them, and uh, maybe showed a lot more foresight than 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 maybe we did, considering how crazy this week's how crazy this playoffs has been. You just might as well just take the long shot at this point, but uh, yeah, another data point and hopefully we can maybe get it figured out here in Texas uh, this week upcoming. Yeah, that's, that's the hope. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, if you hear, if, if it sounds like I'm scrimming a little bit, so 
from a technical side of things, things have not been in our favor these past few weeks um, between Ian's new internet and then now I am actually using uh, an older computer. I actually can't see anything on my screen right now. So uh, I don't even know how I'm going to end this podcast because I can't even like, like I just see a black screen right now. It just happened like all of a sudden as soon as we started recording. Oh. Um, so this is great. This is really good. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to try to work off my phone here um, and then eventually try to figure out how the hell to end this podcast. Fair enough. Um, we'll, we'll cross that between you. We'll, maybe we'll worry about the content and then we'll tell people we're signing off and then they will just don't worry if the podcast is like five hours long. Like we only talk right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so with that being said, we are, um, we are off to Fort Worth, Texas as I'm trying to get my sheet up on my phone and now I'm struggling with that. Um, but we are heading to Texas Motor Speedway. It is a mile and a half uh, D-shaped oval track. Um, we did race here earlier this year at, for the all-star race. Um, but you know, again, that's an exhibition. There's not a lot to really take from that. I'm actually using zero stats from that race in uh, what I put together. Um, on top of that, the reason I'm also not using anything from this, that race is because, well, two reasons. You don't really know what people are, what teams are kind of testing in that environment. They might be trying to, you know, since that it's a non-points paying race, they might just be kind of trying to play around with some aerodynamics or play, play around with some setups and try to figure out what they have. Um, yeah. So not using anything from that. And on top of that, we also have a uh, different tire combination that we had in May at the All-Star Race. So we are using a brand new, well, I say brand new, but it's actually, we've used it at um, Pocono and then we used it at Kansas two weeks ago. So we're using that same tire combination. Um, and then this same tire combination will be used again in Vegas in the next round of the playoffs. So uh, going to Vegas, we'll have two pretty key tracks to look at um, when we break that race down. So um for from a model standpoint since that tire code is uh was used at pocono and kansas um i'm gonna bring in uh, obviously those two tracks from earlier this year so we've got two kansas races to look at obviously pocono we've got one and then the similar track um the comp track that i fancy racing has listed for this uh for texas is um charlotte and las vegas and also kansas again so another point in kansas favor there so those are the three tracks that i'm bringing in um, from a total speed comparison average finish average qualifying drive rate and all that we're going to look at all that um, on top of obviously uh, you know i always look at the texas um, career so i'll look at um, what an average finish looks like for every driver at the at just texas in general and then i'll look at the last five races there for more of a um, recency model there um, so that model brings out a uh, top 10 of Christopher Bell at one, Denny Hamlin at two, Kyle Larson at three, Tyler Reddick at four, Kurt Busch at five, Chase Elliott at six, Kevin Harvick at seven, Joey Logano at eight, Martin Truex at nine, and Kyle Busch at 10. Um, so that's where we're at right now with the model. Yeah. And uh, hearing those names, it's no surprise. I mean, I, as soon as you said Pocono and Kansas, I just wrote down JGR on my uh, notepad here on the side. So <laughs> it's going to be another team to it a week, I think, for for a lot of us uh, in the industry. And uh, yeah, just based on kind of the names I heard from your model, it's no surprise that we don't have a bet, I don't think, in right now. Or at least you were telling me earlier, you're pretty light, at least coming into the podcast. At least compared to last week, we had Elliot and Logano pretty much locked in on Monday morning um, or Tuesday morning. <clears throat> so a little bit different this week, but we'll try to talk through the odds board 
uh, here with us, but it seems like your model and the Vegas odds board is, is pretty much in lockstep as things stand here on Tuesday night. So uh, we'll kind of get into the outright odds just like we normally do here. And you see a three-way tie at the top of the odds boards here for the Auto, Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. Uh, uh, Christopher Bell here, plus 650 alongside Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson at the same price. They're the three favorites. Uh, you then leap down to Chase Elliott at nine to one, and then Kyle Bush and William Byron both at 10 to one. That's kind of the top six here. Bell, Hamlin, Larson at the top, Elliott, Bush, Byron, kind of the second tier behind them. Is there someone that sticks out to you at the top tier? Are you looking? I mean, obviously, we have five days till race day, we have practice and qualify to go through, but. Is this a track where you do feel like um, you're going to be going pretty heavy at the top, or are you looking maybe a little bit further down the odds board? Uh, I think that's the million-dollar question, right? Because I think that it would seem like we should go to the top to be between Hamlin or Christopher Bell. That kind of seems like where we should go. But as we've seen the last three weeks, who the hell knows? Um, you know, we could be looking at the top, and then we're going to get another deep winner. Um, I don't really expect to get a deep winner. I, I think I would still like to be at the top. Um, and I do think that it will come down between Hamlin and Christopher Bell um, when I'm all said and done here. Um, so I think if I had, if you, if I had to really narrow down between these two, I think I probably would lean Christopher Bell. Um, the plus six fifty price isn't great, but it's also not bad, and I don't think it's going to get any better uh, because he is first in average qualifying at these comp tracks this year. Um, so. You know, there's a there's a part of me that thinks, you know, should I just go ahead and pull the trigger on him? But um, I think I think I'm unless something changes in my mind between now and, and Saturday morning, um, I'm I'm pretty lockstep. I'm just kind of just waiting it out and seeing what practice qualifying looks like. Uh, yeah. But I think Christopher Bell is probably my lean. Um, he has uh, at the comp tracks, he has the second best average finish, the second best driver rating um, at Kansas in general. He finished. Uh, third um, he finished third this year and he also had the second best total speed ranking at that at, at the race two weeks ago um, god my screen keeps like flashing for a second I think I have an opportunity to click it and then it just goes back to black um, anyways um, and then as we just saw from the first round of the playoffs Christopher Bell was the leader after the first round of the playoffs so um, yeah. you know he's obviously got a lot of momentum we feel like he's been one of the strongest JGR cars you know, pretty much all year and just wasn't quite showing the results. And now all of a sudden things seem to be clicking here in the playoffs. So I think Christian Bell is obviously my favorite up there at the front, uh, but we can't count out Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin is also very good at Texas. He's a three-time winner here. Um, at the, at the mile and a half uh, contracts we've been using, he's second best in total speed. Um, he won at Charlotte. He finished fourth at the first Kansas race and fourth at Vegas. Should have won Pocono. Yeah, should have won Pocono, exactly. So um, he's actually, I think I faced a race and posted this tweet earlier and I wrote it down. Um, but he is the only driver to finish um, at the comp tracks that uh, the mile and a half comp tracks that we're using here. He's the only driver to finish four for four in the top five in the, at those tracks. So uh, yeah, I think, I think Hamlin is going to be good. And a quick note, uh, I did just see on Twitter probably about an hour ago, maybe maybe less than that. I don't remember, but, um, Kyle Bush and Denny Hamlin's pit crews are swapping. I've seen that. Yeah. So, um, then the one thing that has plagued Denny all year has been his crew and now he's getting Kyle's crew, which Kyle's crew has been one of the fastest all year long. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's huge. I think that's really big for Denny. So yeah. I'm, like I said, I am pretty in lockstep between these two at the top. I think they're accurately priced um, between most books. I think uh, DK actually has, um, uh, yeah, they actually have Chris about a little bit longer price. They have him at plus 700, but they've got Denny at plus 550. So um, the books obviously agree with, with kind of these two being at the top. And I think that, you know, not really going on a limb here saying I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your points will take in terms of practice and qualifying because of all three of these guys, like at the top, Bell, Hamlin, Larson, um, like if, if I haven't seen the polls that are odds yet, but I'm assuming like these three are also, um, you know, the three favorites to win the poll and therefore uh, sink their price in like the four to five to one range if they crack some qualifying well on uh, on Saturday there. So, <clears throat> so yeah, um, is there a price on, I guess, you know, we're team, we're team Hamlin Bell over Larson, I guess, this week in terms of your, of your initial research. Is there a number you would push the button on pre-practice and qualifying? Is there a number that's too good to pass on like on a Thursday or Friday afternoon? Or are you just more so um, looking to kind of take the uh, – just input the input the Saturday numbers and want to take maybe a couple points less if, uh, if need be on the top, guys? Um, I don't really know that there's a price in general that I'd be willing to pay because – I think what we've seen over the last few weeks is that when I've taken these guys to the top, it almost seems like we could just wait. We could have waited and gotten a better price come Saturday afternoon. And, and that may not always be the case, but it just, it seems like that's been the way it's working out for us. So mm-hmm. uh, for a sense of just kind of knowing we have a guy at the top, I think, mm-hmm. I think I'd rather just kind of wait and see and kind of place this early in the week. Let's place some, some longer shots. <clears throat> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we will get into kind of the, the 10 and beyond range here. I guess no real thoughts on Elliot, Bush, Byron. They're kind of priced out for you. Um, you'd much rather go to a Hamlin or Bell and just pay the, pay the premium. Yeah, I I really thought about Kyle Bush because Kyle Bush um, is actually really good at Texas. First in driver rating, first in average finish and uh, over the last five races and then fifth in average finish over his career. So um, obviously very, very good at Texas. Um, he's got his fifth in average finish at the tire combo tracks that I've talked about, talked about, but, and I know it sounds crazy because we've seen non-playoff drivers win the last three weeks, but if you're JGR right now, like Christopher Bell and Denny Ham, like you, you see they already swapped crews, like their yeah. focus is going to be on those two drivers. And with the, the bad luck that Kyle's had, um, I, I don't know that I can, I can jump on board with him. Um, I think overall, I'm not really looking at Chase, or Byron just because I have such a lean for Toyotas. But I think if I actually was to pick one of the two, it probably would be Bill Byron. Um, He seems to be kind of hitting his stride here lately. Um, Over the last six races in driver rating, he's now seventh. Um, Over his career at Texas, he's got an average finish of 11th. Over the last five races, though, um, an average finish – or sorry, driver rating of sixth. Um, So Texas is a good track for him. He seems to be showing speed. Um, so Byron, I think is, is interesting for sure. I don't think, I think I'm kind of keeping one eye open to see if I can catch a, a rogue number on him. Yeah, for sure. Byron is at, at, to your point, the top performing HMS driver in, far, in terms of total speed, uh, over these last six weeks. So it does seem like he's maybe peaking or not really peaking, but at least, uh, flying a little under the radar here, uh, heading into Texas. And he's not typically a guy that I expect to like qualify 
crazy well, uh, especially when you consider like the other guys here at the top, um, like the two Toyotas we talked about, Larson, uh, you know, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, these guys tend to show their best stuff a lot of times on Saturday, whereas Byron, I feel like, um, you know, is certainly capable of doing that, but wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, maybe see him at 12, 14 to one, maybe on race day. Uh, as we move into the teens, though, we have uh, Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr., Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick will be kind of this 11 to 13 range. Blaney is priced at 11 to one by himself. We have Truex and Chastain at 12 and Reddick at 13. Um, you know, obviously Reddick <clears throat> with a disappointment last week of, uh, you know, I think the second year in a row, he's been what, like two points away from advancing into the round of 12, uh, ending his season at Bristol. Uh, Truex, obviously well-documented, uh, continued struggles for that team, trying to keep a car on the track for the entire race. And then Chastain and Blaney, two guys that have, Showed, they showed a lot of speed, obviously, early in the year, and then it seems like they both kind of tailed off very similarly here uh, heading into the stretch run. So, interested to hear kind of this Blaney, Truex, uh, Chastain, Reddick thoughts. Yeah, so as you probably heard when I was reading out my model, Tyler Reddick was fourth in my model. Um, right. And he actually is number one as far as value goes uh, between my model and the board. Uh, but the more I sat here and thought about it, like he just got eliminated. RCR is clearly, or Richard Childress is clearly pissed off and being petty about him leaving. Are we really sure that they're going to give him like good equipment for the rest of the year now that he's not running for a championship anymore? Like, yeah. Knowing that he's going to Toyota in a, in a year, like a year from now, or like a little bit over a year from now, are they going to like start locking him out from some of these team meetings? Cause they don't want to like, they don't want to give him any information he can bring to 2311. What's going yeah. on behind the scenes? Like, is Denny Hamlin trying to get, like, trying to buy out Tyler Reddick just in case Kurt, Kurt retires? I just don't – I don't know. Like, I think if Tyler would have somehow made it through Bristol, I think I would 100% be clicking Tyler Reddick's name right now because I think I've mentioned a bunch, a bunch of times, like, this is a really good round for Tyler. Like, yeah. between Texas, um, the Roval, and then I guess Talladega is kind of up in the air. But this is a really good round for him. So, I think – if I'm going to trust the model, I think Tyler is actually a good click, but there's too much concerns for me off the track to feel good about that. Yeah. Um, now he could potentially be um, a good qualifying bet. He's second in qualifying at these comp tracks. Um, so that's something that's, I think kind of could be kind of interesting, uh, yeah. but from an outright, I don't know if I can get behind it, but man, it pains me because he's over the last five races, he's third in average finish at Texas. Over his career, he's number one in average finish at Texas. So, like, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough if he really wins this race after just being eliminated, ruining our championship future on him. Um, so, I can't, I can't. Obviously, my black, my screen's still black, but I can only assume based on your voice that you are just kind of like bewildered at this too, because it feels yeah, like we, we want to. It's just tough because like, this is kind of what we sign up for in terms of been in the playoffs. Like you have to deal with these kind of internal struggles because you can kind of tell yourself stories each way. You know, obviously you talked about his, both him and Kyle, you know, the two guys that have been the most in the headline drivers in the last two weeks. I mean, they both have phenomenal history here at Texas, but you could easily make the argument that both of them could just check out, you know, they, they moved on to their respective teams next year. Um, and you know, a 13 to one or 10 to one, I'm kind of on your side in terms of just fading or just, you know, fading into this number, at least, you know, with lack of motivation, there's too many question marks there to lay this kind of price when you could get, um, you know, you could use that money towards 
a champion, a true championship contender uh, in this range as well. So um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I was hoping to get kind of get the discount considering I feel like that's going to be the area for everybody this week is like, yeah, don't bet Redick. Like RCR doesn't even want him in the building. He just got eliminated. So <clears throat> there's plenty of reasons not to bet Tyler. So I would be, I'd be curious to know what the rest of the market looks like for him. Um, but I'd be surprised if like, He's shrinking in price the week goes on, if that makes sense. The thing is with Tyler, though, is we'll, we'll know pretty early, I think. Like, Tyler Reddick's not one of those guys, I feel like, that, um, like, outperforms. Like, he, he when he wins, like, you can kind of see it coming, if, if that makes sense. Like, he's going to show up and practice. Like, the times from Tyler Reddick's been one of the top five cars um, in terms of, like, race-winning upside on a Sunday. Like, he's shown that on Saturday. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, yeah. whether it be the road course, obviously two weeks ago in Kansas, uh, earlier this year at Auto Club, like the tracks have fit him, it's made sense. And then everything comes kind of comes to fruition on Saturday. He shows fast, he shows fast times, and then Sunday he's right up there at the top. So um I think we'll know pretty early on Tyler. I'm not ready to take the risk uh, to your point here on Tuesday night at 13 to 1. And I just looked up drafting system at 15. So mm-hmm. yes, um, that's a bit more palatable number. Uh, like if he gets like 16 or 18, I, th- I would think maybe think twice about clicking them, but certainly not at 13 uh, around those other guys. So ready to move on? Yeah, I think, um, well, I guess you're talking about moving on within this range, right? That's what you're saying? Well, yeah, I, I was talking about moving on to like 16 to 20, but yeah, if you want to talk about Blaney Truex Chastain, by all means. Yeah, so um, Blaney, I think, at 11 to 1 is another guy that well, actually really Blaney and Truex are kind of catching my eye at 11 and 12. Blaney won the all-star race. I think that's something to, something to note here. Um, now he wasn't necessarily the fastest car in that race. There was some like things that happened in that race for him to, to get out front. Um, and his total speed actually wasn't the top of the charts. Like I thought it was when I actually looked back at it. Um, but his driver in Texas over the last five races is second. Um, so I think that is something worth noting. And then, um, his average qualifying at entire combo tracks is seventh, but his average finish is 31st. So he hasn't had good finishes at these contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I would have liked it if he was also a little bit deeper, but I think because he won in the, in the spring, um, that price is jacked up just a little bit. Uh, same with Truex, Truex, um, it's the same argument with Kyle Busch, I guess. Like, this is a good track for him. I, you know, he's shown speed in this playoffs. Like, he, you know, he arguably, arguably should have won. Yeah. Um, at, was that Darlington? Yeah. Yes, it was Darlington. Um, yeah, it was by mile. But the and bad, actually, the bad luck just plagues him. Do what? Kansas, too, right? Like, he was, he was moving to Kansas, I believe, as well, if, if, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, before him and Kyle both had problems. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, no. So I, uh, I, I think those two are both interesting numbers, but again, I don't know that I'm, I think that I'll, I'll definitely have my eye on them if they, if they have like good practice numbers, like if, if yeah. they're high in practice, I think they could definitely be guys that I'm looking at Ross. Yeah. I'm still kind of off the Ross train. I don't, mm-hmm. I just feel like we, we haven't really seen him lately. Like it almost feels like they've, it feels like Trekhouse has kind of lost something now with Bristol out of the way. And he still hasn't, you know, received this payback from all these drivers that keep saying they're going to pay him back. Yeah, I will say that's that's something. The fact that he got through there unscathed. So, um, the further that he gets unscathed and just keeps kind of trucking along here, you know, he does get he does get more interesting 
as we go along, but I just, they're not showing the speed for me. Like, I don't, it's just the, what have you done for me lately? Like just looking at the last six races, 14th and drive rating, 28th and average finish over the last six races. Like that's, it's not what you want to see from, from a guy sitting, you know, so high up the board. So yeah, this range is pretty much a, a no-go for me. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm with you with the track house thing. We've been in lockstep on that for quite a while. I feel like probably part of the reason why he hasn't got that payback is because like, he's never really been in a position with anything to lose for like the last six or seven weeks. It feels like, like he's not really been up there finding the lead uh, on a consistent basis. So yeah, until that, until that price really dips down, cause he's still priced at 12 to one, like, yeah, no, thank you at all uh, on Chastain as we'll move it kind of into the next range here. I've seen Bubba Wallace uh, be a bit of a trendy selection here on the earlier in the week. Uh, he's 16 to one in our book, Logano, uh, Laney's teammate who seems kind of perennially underpriced. Maybe you can talk me out of that, but 16 to one on Logano always seems uh, tempting. Harvick is 16 as well. And then we got Alex Bowman at 20 to one. So um, kind of again, back end of the teens into the early twenties here, Wallace, Logano, Harvick and Bowman. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts here? Um, let me just, let me, ask, let me just start with a guy that I am betting and then we'll get to the, the other guys that I'm, that I think all are good. I think they're all interesting numbers. Like I think really this is a cool, this is a good range. I really do think that you could, you really could arguably just say, Hey, I want two guys in this range and call it a day if you really want to. Like, I think this is a good range. I think they've all got good prices, I guess, maybe other than Harvick. I don't know that I'm really on Harvick this week. Um, That's the guy I thought you were betting to be fair. Really? Really? Yeah. I mean, I could see it, I guess. He is yeah. good at Texas. He is very good at Texas. Third and drive rating uh, over the last five, second average finish. Um, but again, he just, lost me recently. yeah, he has shown a lot of speed recently. Yeah, no. Listen, you, I could be talking to anybody in this range, but I think the guy that I like most is the guy that we almost saw win two weeks ago at the comp track, the same tire code, Kansas. Alex Bowman was a force. I think could have easily won um, if it wasn't for getting kind of stuck back um, after some pit sequences. Um, he led like, I think 107 laps or something like that. I mean, he was a, an absolute force. I think we had him for like a, like a top five or a top 10 bet or something like that. And I was yeah. sitting there like, damn, man, I could have gotten this guy on outright on freaking 30 to one, but like, yeah. And there's a lot of people that had him. Um, and I, and I think that I even called out how, how good his stats looked that week, but yeah, third in uh, average finish at these tire combo tracks. Um, and with the speed he showed just two weeks ago, and we're getting him at 20 to one, this is my only bet so far. This I like this yep. one a lot. Yeah, I, I like that as well. I think I, I was going to – I honestly expected to, hear, expected to hear the Bubba or Harvick, but, uh, yeah, I kind of glossed over Bowman there at 20. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if, if all you're looking for is recent form and contract history, like – yeah, why not? Why not Alex Bowman 20 to one, uh, considering how many holes we've kind of poked into a lot of these guys from 12 to 16, like uh, makes a lot of sense kind of way down here. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on Bubba? Like uh, 16, yeah, it's a, it's a tough number, but he just, he just won it. What 20 to one, like two weeks ago at Kansas. Like, do you put more stock into Bowman's performance than you do Bubba's or is it just the price for you? It's more the price for me, which I'm probably going to end up eating my words, but um, even though Texas's main comp is Kansas, yeah. which we've seen uh, um, 2311 pretty much dominate, um, 
they don't have Bo doesn't have the the track history at at Texas to really get me on board here. Yeah. Um, now the comp, tire combo tracks, he, he doesn't have an average finish of ninth, so uh, I think we very well could look, you know, in the, in the top ten or top five market and see what we can find. But again, I think I'd rather wait to see. You know, let's let's just confirm that Toyota actually has speed come like we think they're going to have come practice qualifying. Yeah, that's fair, and, and especially considering like Bub is not a playoff driver. Um, He's going to have – he's just not going to get the same respect, I feel like. And I, I feel like a lot of these guys down the board, like even like a Logano or Harvick or Bowman, even if they qualify well, they don't really tend to get the same respect that like, you know, a guy that has it all coming in uh, would get. So, yeah, I, I don't think we're losing too much just letting Bubba uh, sit there at 16. And then if he does show speed like he did um, on Saturday at Kansas, then we can we know to jump in because obviously he does have that winning upside. Uh, we can't, we can no longer say that he's, you know, he's dead. He's dead money anywhere, but a super speedway, like he, he proved it just two weeks ago. So um, yeah, 16 to one Bubba, something to look out for, but Bowman uh, is our bet so far there at 20 to one as we kind of go past 20 into kind of the 30 to one and beyond range. Suarez, Cindric, Eric Jones, Briscoe, uh, Austin Dillon, Kozlowski, Busher, Gibbs. I'm just throwing out names at this point. I'm assuming from an hour's perspective, we're kind of out on all these names. Uh, I guess you never know with what's happened in the last three weeks. But um, if we're truly going Team Toyota, um, we're going to be paying shorter prices, keep a concise card, and uh, go from there. But, yeah, from like Suarez down to uh, Ty Gibbs, is there anyone that, that really interests you in terms of maybe a prop bet or, or, or you know, a matchup from a matchup angle? Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to go – I haven't actually looked at the matchups yet, so that's something I'll probably look at come Saturday evening. Um, but there's three guys that I think, and I, they're, they're going to be of no surprise. Well, one might be a surprise, but the other two shouldn't really be a surprise. But I think Eric Jones and Austin Dillon, um, this is kind of like their track style. This is yep. this is kind of where we've seen them flourish. Um, you know, my argument against Tyler Reddick kind of goes for Austin Dillon, where, like, they might just put all their attention on him right now because – you know, he's going to be there next year. Like he's, he's the grand. All right. Well, we're back as you guys would probably expect by now. It was like minus 400 for flag hunting to have a, um, have a technical difficulty, but the good news is my Wi-Fi seems to be stable and uh, we're back <laughs> to talk about Austin Dillon after I was so really cut off by zooms free trial of uh, Austin Dillon. We're talking about 80 to one, maybe uh, being a, Maybe not now, right angle, but at least in the prop market. If uh, you want to play the RCR, uh, hates Reddick now. Let's give the let's give the good uh, good equipment there to the three. And obviously, he has the pathway in Texas. He this is his type of track, like Chris was talking about earlier. So, which kind of angle with the three car as far as maybe making a bet? And I I know you talked about the forty three as well. If you want to kind of throw those guys in together, yeah. So these are just both. I think I don't know what I said before I got cut off there by Zoom. Uh, so rude, but. Um, this is both just like a good track for both of them. Like, I think that we did a very, not we, I did a poor job of not recognizing like, hey, in this car, if if a guy's good at a track, you need to consider him. And we kind of missed that with Eric Jones at Darlington. And I was kind of punching myself because I went back and looked and I was like, man, he really is like really good at Darlington. Like, how did we not, how did I not see this? So I don't want to have that happen again. So Eric Jones and Austin Dillon, this is a good track for both of them. You just mentioned Austin Dillon has a victory here at Texas within the last five years. I mean, um, they're actually tied for, um, six and average finish over the last five races here. Um, but, um, 
Austin Dillon over his career is fourth in average finish at Texas. And then on top of all of that, Austin Dillon at the tire combo, these tire comp tracks, um, he's eighth in average finish this year in 2022. So I'm all over Dillon in pretty much any matchup, top 10 bet, you know, RCR, whatever RCR narrative you want to follow. I'm kind of all over Dillon this week. I think yep. Eric Jones should be equally a good play. Um, you even mentioned Austin Dillon's an 80 to one, like, Hey, why the hell not? I mean, like they're worse uh, bets. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely worse bets. And then I guess one more guy to talk about here. The only the other guy that kind of caught me off guard with his numbers, and I don't want to ignore, like I just said, is actually Eric Almarola at Texas over the last five years, eighth in drive rating, eighth in average finish. And at these tire combos tracks, he's been 14th this year. So um, not definitely not from an outright perspective, but I think in matchups or top 10, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's good. We, we kind of, Finally did service after three weeks of, <laughs> of missing the rage entirely as far as the, where the winners are going from. But we did hopefully our, our due diligence here from kind of 30 to one back um, with Jones, Dylan, Elmerill all being threats, even Ty Gibbs. Um, I know he didn't maybe finish where, you know, um, have a great finish at Kansas, but he did show speed and practice and qualifying. Obviously, uh, 23-11 and two in general have been uh, the class of the grid for a lot of these playoffs. So uh, I'll, I'll throw my little cheeky Ty Gibbs 80 to one. Uh, maybe yeah. look at him in matchups or him in a top 10 market or something like that. But I think Gibbs um, is coming on and obviously, uh, you know, it's incentivized with the long-term deal to kind of um, figure some stuff out. Use, use this, you know, last six or so weeks as a trial run for obviously when he gets into the 18 uh, next season. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much, oh yeah. So sorry, I guess I won't gloss over Gibbs. I was looking at my next bets here, but no, Gibbs, I think is, um, you know, JGR in general, I think, you know, like we said, we expect them to be fast. So um, I don't know that I'm really, I don't know that I can see myself because he kind of screwed me at Kansas where I bet him in, a, I think, a matchup or a top 10, I can't, or maybe both. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and then he went out early. Um, and I think he went out early again last week, too. So it seems like the consistency may not be there for Gibbs quite yet. And maybe we may be jumping the gun on kind of betting him. But um, mm-hmm. I know that a bet was really popular at Kansas was like all Gibbs cars to finish in the top 10. If we can find something like that again, I think that could be interesting. Um, yeah. I think, I think I saw somebody. Oh, I think actually um, uh, SC is his name. He normally is on Derek's show on Wednesdays, but he normally chimes in towards the end and questions. SC, I think played Toyota to finish one, two, three at Kansas. And he, he hit that bet at like plus 900. Um, so something like that, like st- stuff that you can play like that, like for Toyota, especially, I think I really like kind of any play in that, in that, kind of camp because we've seen at these kind of like low tire wear high speed intermediates toyota has kind of had the de- the advantage here lately yeah. um now from a qualifying perspective uh, i'm going back to the well with the last time we were here if you remember we we got austin Cindric at like 60 to 1 or 50 to 1 and he made the top 10 and we were really feeling good then he finished like i think he qualified eighth at kansas yeah. um so we're not getting quite as good a price they've cut it in half he's now 30 to 1 but he's still yeah. third in my model he you know with that even with that eighth place qualifying finish he's still has an average qualifying position of, of eighth, um, so which ranks third overall among all drivers. So I think we're going back to the wall with Cindric, and then I'm actually going to get a Bowman as well because he qualified third at Kansas. We saw how fast he was there. He's fourth in my qualifying model here. You can get him at the same price you can for an outright for qualifying, 20 to 1. So I think Bowman and Cindric will be my qualifying bets this week. Thank you. Yeah, we love, we love that Saturday sweat, and obviously uh, the correlation we get with Bowman there if he were to qualify well. Um, our 20 to one ticket looks good for the outright and hopefully he can, uh, he can squeeze in there and maybe, uh, start there at the pole position, uh, for Sunday, but yeah, that's going to do it for Chris's, uh, kind of takes on Texas here this upcoming week. 
Uh, just kind of a quick rundown for those of y'all um, coming in. We have uh, Chris Bell and Hamlin. Not we have only one actual bet, and that would be Bowman at twenty to one. Um, I guess Cindric and Bowman at twenty to one polls will uh, will join that. But as far as the outright market goes, uh, Bowman is locked in at twenty. As far as leans at the top, we like Bell and Hamlin both at plus six fifty right now. Uh, we're going to kind of monitor the pulse after practicing qualifying as the week goes on. As far as those names are concerned, um, from there we kind of jump maybe to Reddick if he if the price uh, is right there. He's currently thirteen. That's not uh, quite what we're looking for, but if he were to fall down to sixteen, eighteen, he's a guy that rates out really well with Chris. And then uh, you know guys like Bubba and Harvick are guys that uh, that Chris kind of had in that sixteen. Uh, to one range that were at least intriguing enough to, to look at at that price. Uh, and then farther down the board, we have Eric Jones at 50 to one, Austin Dillon at 80 to one, and Eric Amarola at 125. Um, again, maybe not from an outright perspective, or, or maybe uh, we'll kind of see as the week goes along, but certainly um, in some of those top fives, top 10 uh, matchup markets uh, for Chris. So as always, stay tuned on Friday night, Saturday morning, or more, more than likely Saturday afternoon, I would say, with practice and qualifying. Uh, playing a pretty big part in Chris's process this week, but uh, he will have his full card posted uh, on flag hunting Twitter. So make sure uh, to follow us at flag underscore hunting and, uh, and see what's up there. But uh, yeah, if you want to add anything, Chris, that was, uh, that was fun. And hopefully we can, uh, again, things can be a bit more uh, low key here heading into round two of the playoffs as opposed to round one. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I mentioned this at the start of the playoffs, but I went cold last year during the playoffs, and so far I've been pretty cold uh, the start of this year. So I'm hoping to kind of turn that all around with the second round here. Hopefully we get some more consistency from these top guys. And we, uh, But I think with the card, I think if we if we play some deeper outrights, just because now we know, hey, we've already had three non-playoff guys win, so it, it is very possible. Um, I think, it, well, if we have those kind of deeper shots and then play some maybe safer options in the prop market, I think uh, we can turn around this cold streak real quick. But, yeah, yeah that's all I have uh for um for this week and uh yeah we'll end this here before we get cut off by zoom again and we'll go record the presence cup episode so uh tune in for that shortly here and and uh we'll talk to you guys next week